You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. It's the Charlotte game. Tonight, they take on FAU. And Fiddy asked me where my cutoff was. I told him I left it at home. It's Wes. But what if I tell you I didn't? Oh. No, no, you're not that smooth. What if I tell you that I'm wearing it right now? Get ready to tailgate at 4.30. Let's go. Let's go 49ers. And Walker. Yeah, baby. Ow! Get off the boat. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. We live on a Friday! Diddy, open up the doors! Let's get off the bus! Yo! Yes, sir, we are right back. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 927. WFNZ just had Willie P come in and give us our soccer talk for the week. Things are building with the excitement with that new team. And Dean Smith, man, he's got it going over there. Willie P is excited. Said he's already seeing much better than what he saw from the previous regime. So you got to be excited about that. Much more organized now. The national perception is changing just after one week. And it was fun to see Charlotte FC open up the season with a victory. And I believe again... I'll see what the next home match is, but I do believe it's going to be at some point in late March. And so it'll be fun. Hopefully the weather is better once they suit up. Cause I'm telling you, I was, I was soft. Okay. I'll admit <laughs> it. I was soft when I wasn't ready for that weather on the fan duel text line, going back to a little bit of combine talk, uh, three, three, oh, number acts. What's your take on Marvin Harrison jr. Not participating in the combine or Ohio state's pro day. I mean, he really doesn't have to, his, uh, status is signed and sealed, but I, you know, me personally, I don't like it. Uh, I'd like to see him test just to see things, uh, matching up with what we see on film. I'd love to be able to see, uh, just how fast he really is. And maybe that's my own personal, uh, selfishness for wanting to see him work out, walk do you like uh, top prospects not doing either? Because normally you get guys that will compete uh, at their pro day but not at the combine. Well, what are your thoughts on well, that? Well, yes, I would love to see all of the measurables of the 40 time, of the vertical, all that stuff with the top athletes in the college game. Would love to see it. But I'm not angry at it. I understand it. Here's also when we talk about the lack of competitive nature from some of these guys who don't compete in the combine – do we ever question that once they just step foot on an NFL field? I honestly can't tell you a time I remember when somebody says, hey, remember, he didn't show up at the combine. That was a red flag. <laughs> well, and, if he turns out to be a bust, they will. But I don't even hear that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If if That's the thing. Even if they are a bust and they don't hit, then nobody says, well, look, as soon as he didn't show up for the combine, yeah. I knew there was a real problem. Nobody does that. It's one of those things where we want to tell you we would rather have our guys compete, go over there and jump in front of a bunch of people and see how big that vertical is. And if he doesn't, then I'm out. But then nobody says that's the reason why he was a bust in the, after the fact. So yeah, it just doesn't you're bother mo- me. You're most, you will more so hear if the player had a poor workout and then turns into a bust. You'll hear more about how bad that workout was than if they decided right. to compete in things or not. But getting back into Carolina Panthers talk, Dave Canal is at the scouting combine, and he was talking about Bryce Young, of course, a big topic of discussion. And a couple of things that he referenced that he was going to use to uh, help Bryce Young to get better, he talked about his footwork, and he also talked about a stopwatch. And this was something that he's used in his previous spots, and he indicated that there will be a coach with a stopwatch at Panthers practice to time how quickly Young is getting rid of the ball. Buccaneers senior offensive assistant Tom Moore and at 85. So he 
He's been timing people for quite a long Morgan time. Morgan Payton forever. <laughs> More certainly, he qualifies as a senior uh, executive guy, or whatever you want to call him out there on the field as a coach. But uh, as something Canales picked up from Seahawks quarterback coach Carl Smith when Canales was a Seattle assistant, and he said, quote, we're going to be on a clock every single time in the spring, every time in camp. That's not going to be something that's new or original to the Panthers. And he said, I'll be a crazy stickler about it. So when you hear that, do you feel like that that's something that's going to take or at least help take Bryce Young's game to the next level? I think Bryce Young was somebody you watched in college hold on to the football a little too long because he could. And so maybe that led to some bad habits going into the NFL because you can't do that with that type of offensive line. And Frank Reich and that offense didn't have enough open receivers to throw to and allowed a lot of unblocked pressures and just pressures, period, to go after Bryce Young and really affect his throwing. So it makes all the sense in the world. If this is how Dave Canales was able to get Geno Smith back on track, if this was how he was able to get Baker Mayfield back on track, which it sounds like it it is. It sounds like that's a fundamental thing for him to teach these new QBs that he works with, then great. I'm all for it. Plus, at least part of the problem with Carolina so often last year was first down plays just being destroyed. And if it's a first down league, it's all about how you set yourself up on second and third, and then you have a penalty, or you get sacked on first down, or you have an incompletion and you're dealing with second and and 10, or you get stuffed at the line of scrimmage so you're dealing with second and 10. If they were so bad on first down so consistently, those were drive killers because they weren't talented enough to make up 10 yards on second and third down, and ultimately you had to punt. So if you throw the football, at least you're not going second and 15. And if they're going to be so, speaking of being a stickler about the stopwatch, sounds like Dave Canales is also going to be that very thing when it comes to the run game. He says, I want people, like we're going to be committed as hell to the run game. And so at least that might be able to set you up with some, at worst, second and 10 scenarios, which isn't getting a sack on first down. It it sounds like you're just going to set yourself up for success a lot more than what Frank Reich and that offense did last year. Yeah, he said that he wants the ball out of Young's hands in 2.7 seconds for check downs, 3.4 seconds for downfield throws, and 4.2 seconds for slower developing play action passes. Boy, you definitely better recruit some linemen if you want him to hold that football for 4.2 seconds. They said as a rookie, Young held the ball an average of two 2.9 seconds before releasing it, according to ESPN Stats and Info. Two-tenths of a second doesn't sound like a ton, uh, but I think that this is going to help him immensely because uh, the repetition, man, you just know from being out there, a coach constantly being in your ear about stuff, that clock's going to ring in his head when they get to game time, especially if Canales is a stickler about it like he said he's going to be. I think this is going to help Bryce Young a ton uh, because last year I'm not sure what Reich, what Reich and the crew did with him. But when you drop back the pass and there's no clock, man, he's going to get into the same habits that he used in college because he doesn't know any better. This is his first year in the NFL. He's just experiencing what a pro rush and exotic blitzes and exotic coverages feel like. So for Canales to say he's going to have that detailed plan because he did talk about how much he dug into the tape, watched Bryce against exotic blitzes, watched Bryce against exotic coverages, and he said he was going to go over those things and how to beat some of those things since he's gotten so much experience. But I think now you put that that clock on him and he gets out there on that field 
field on Sundays, that clock's going to be in his head. He's going to hear Coach Canales, and he's going to hear Coach Moore in his head telling him to get rid of that football. I think that this is great uh, by this coaching staff, a nice building block. Well, and it goes right in line with what we discussed with Baker Mayfield. Looking at what Baker Mayfield did, the biggest, most dramatic change we saw from him was him getting the football out of his hands a lot quicker. 2.71 was his average time to throw last year. That was good for 10th in the NFL. And then if you weed out some of the small sample sizes, like a Trevor Simeon coming in, and then even some of the injured quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter was in and out of the lineup. If you just go with starters that played most of the year, he moves up to like 7th or 8th somewhere there. To give you a picture on the big difference between Baker Mayfield getting it out on an average time of 2.71 compared to Bryce Young at 2.9, Bryce is like out of the top 25. He was one of the worst at getting the football out on time. So the fact that Canales, you saw Baker, make that jump. It might sound like a big old difference, but it's a big jump for Baker Mayfield, and he did it. And then he threw for over 4,000 and was successful. Bryce Young can do that, too, in a second year where, yes, you have to have better protection. Yes, you have to have better weapons. But also Dave Canales is getting Bryce Young used to getting that football out on time. And so the fact that we've seen it already with a quarterback and he has success and it was a huge change, that gives you confidence that he can do the same thing with Bryce Young. Yeah, and we talked about early in the show, Mingo, and the impact that he could have. And we've been talking at length about the different wide receivers that are available. T. Higgins is already pretty much off the market, even though you, you're seeing some things that Cincinnati may be open to a trade uh, with him. Then we've talked about Michael Pittman and all of these guys. But what if the Panthers don't land a number one receiver? Then I think that that's going to put more emphasis on that draft capital, especially in those first two selections, for them to maybe go out and get a wide out. But Mike Renner talked about a prospect that a lot of people are linking the Carolina Panthers to. Let's hear uh, his comments about Lad McConkey out of the University of Georgia. I have been saying this for a while now, and it's lofty. I get that it's lofty, but he, this is who he reminds me of just from a movement skill standpoint. And it's Antonio Brown. They're almost identical from a size mm. perspective. Antonio Brown was actually a little bit shorter, same wingspan, same weight. Mm. And just the ability that I see, the thing that really stands out and why I mentioned him in particular is that they both can go from full speed to complete stop just quicker than yeah. almost any wide receivers that I've seen at collegiate NFL level. Like that's And that's a skill that wins. And that's how Antonio Brown got open deep despite running – he ran like a four or five, six at the combine. He, he was mm. never a blazer, but he could vary his speeds and really threaten corners because he could stop at will. And so you're hip to hip with them. He'd just stop and make you blow by him at any given point in time. And so he was nasty on the outside. And that's what I see with McConkey is just that ability that, oh, you're with me right now. But as soon as I want to, yeah. I can stop, run a dig, change directions, run a comeback. And you can't stick with that. I think Daniel Jeremiah tweeted this out. He said, all these SEC corners look good until they face Vlad McConkie. And it's like, that's just the kind of athlete he is. So everyone's wanting to move him to slot. I don't think so. I think he is an outside wide receiver through and through that can play slot if need be. Mm, that is a <laughs> strong, strong comparison. I didn't expect to hear A.B. And listen, folks, nobody's saying that this guy could come in and be A.B., 
But, I mean, that's a hell of a comparison. And, Walker, you and I, we've talked about it. We were watching Senior Bowl practicing in here, and I was raving uh, about the route running. I mean, he had the freakum dress on, word to Beyonce. He, nobody could guard this guy, man. He And it's not routes that are unrealistic where guys are doing six moves before they get open in a practice. I mean, he's running that route, and then it's uh-uh, and he is open and catching the football. I don't think that this is a terrible comparison at all. And as far as him talking about A.B., in comparison to his speed is, you know, guys can run fast and play slow and vice versa. It's all about your game speed and controlling the speed that you have. And I think for Lad McConkey, I think he's going to run a pretty good time. I mean, I would probably look at him as a mid 4-4, low 4-5 guy, which is still uh, a great time for him. But I think that that's not the worst comparison in the world. It's not like anybody thought A.B. was going to be A.B. when he came uh, out of school and was a third-round pick. So it's not like uh, anybody thought that. Or did he go later than that? He was a six-round pick. Uh, that's right. He was 246 overall. But he overall. had quite the path to the NFL from North Carolina, eventually makes his way to Central Michigan. But nasty yeah that's I mean, what i'm just saying nasty and it's like nobody way. saw uh this coming and i think that the only question that we would have is you know did he come from the pit or the palace uh like the track that ab made there you but go. what do you think Goodness about gracious. that comparison um well yeah i mean it's it's far-fetched and it's why mike renner gave about four warnings before he made that comparison he tried to tell us look i'm not saying he's this guy I think he reminds me of this. He just wouldn't spit it out because he wanted to make sure that we were all ready to hear a crazy comparison like that. But it's nice to see that Lad McConkie, if he's the choice, one could play on the outside, which it just it feels like a wide receiver that can split out wide is someone that has a higher ceiling than just being limited to the slot. So I think that's what people will feel a lot better at hearing. Being more versatile, it makes sense that that guy might be more valuable than somebody more limited to the slot. Hearing Antonio Brown's 40 time not be very good is also nice because it means you don't have to have a crazy 40 time in order to have that sudden quickness that we see from Brown getting in and out of breaks. And that's what Lad McConkey can do. So even if the 40 time isn't great, which Field Yates says it will be, says it will be really good. So the fact that you have that kind of speed on top of the ability to get it in and out of breaks faster than what these corners that are very good in the SEC would, you know, uh, are able to keep up with then yeah, I think at 33, it makes all the sense. The size isn't there. He's not a big dude. But we've seen smaller receivers, maybe here in Carolina with the small, the best small receiver of yeah, all time. Yeah, they six feet, 185. Not big, not big. But we know about a small receiver here in Carolina dominating. And Lad McConkey, don't know if he'll have the Steve Smith career. That would be lofty, another crazy comparison. But yeah. I would be totally fine with that pick at 33. And see, that's the thing, too, man. It's like nobody saw that those guys. Nobody saw Steve Smith becoming Steve Smith. Even when he got here, he was relegated to being a punt returner for the most part that rookie season. And nobody foresaw these guys becoming what they became. We know this is the NFL, man. This is the land of mid to late round picks uh, being the backbone of teams and becoming superstars. But I know I'm a huge fan of uh, Lab McConkey. I can't wait to see how that workout's going to go. And, you know, I don't think that comparison is the worst in the world because like I said and AB is a guy that is a true definition with that 40 time of showing controlling that speed and playing fast just because the guy runs a 4-3 doesn't mean he's going to be a star so when we come back folks we're going to connect on the live wire with Josh aka JD aka Fiddy Marlow on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ <laughs> 
It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Flatter was hanging out with us for about an hour or so. And Wes called him the lunch bunch because it's entertaining. Mm. Don't get mad at me, Fitty. You got mad at me last time I brought that. But it is entertaining when you guys talk about what you want for lunch. Either way, it looks like Show Mars is the choice. And you and I got down this road having the conversation where we've had it before. But I'll bring it back to the text line. Texas Pete. For some reason, on Show Mars food, it hits different. And I love Texas Pete all over the place. But Texas Pete at Show Mars, for some reason, that combo just hits a little different than Texas Pete with other food items. And so we went down the list before Flounder left the Planet Kia Studios on other things like that. McDonald's Sprite, always top tier in this conversation. They use like more syrup or something like that. Yeah, We've had it's that. the whole thing with their filtration yep. and all that. Chick-fil-A Coke which I don't know I've ever heard of that before, but Flounder was adamant that Chick-fil-A Coke is different than other brand, than other Cokes at other fast food restaurants. Is that true, Fiddy? You can vouch for that? I, I don't know. I mean, he did work at Chick-fil-A for like three weeks, so he's maybe seen more behind the okay. scenes. I've always thought, speaking of Chick-fil-A, they have a different a different pickle. Like like their pickles, I think, are way more sweeter than a McDonald's pickle or a uh, cookout. I don't eat Burger King. Their place is different because there's oh, – hang on. Are they a sponsor? I don't think so. Let's just not badmouth anybody and say what hits different, and then we can <laughs> cover our tracks. We can do that. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. If we have to ask, one, we probably shouldn't ask on air, and then two, we probably shouldn't go in on them. Either way, it Chick-fil-A different in the Coke. bathroom. We'll uh, leave it at that. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, you just said, you know, screw all those things that you were talking about, Walker. I'll just say what I want to. Claremont Cafe Sundrop. Shout out to Catawba County for some reason. The sun drop out of a can. It shouldn't be different, but it is. Those who know, they know. Claremont Cafe sun drop is different. Do you have anything to contribute to this? Does anything come to mind, Wes? When you talk about foods that just hit differently. Hmm. Uh, you don't have to. I just didn't know if there was something you might have. No, because you hit on a few of those, but uh, because I think it's interesting when you bring up about the drinks and stuff like that, man, because I found McDonald's and the way they do some things and making their stuff taste different. I will say their ketchup is a lot different. And then, of course, okay. movie theater popcorn. Yeah, I mean, that that's, to me, the number one. And it's probably just more butter. It's, but it's for the some hardest reason, thing to find. Movie theater popcorn, you put the straw in the bag so you make sure the butter makes its way to the bottom. It's a pro-fat move, but a pro move I think a lot of people understand. Fiddy, you're looking at me like you didn't know that. No. But feel free, next time you go to the movies, when you have a date, because I know you're dating all over, the, all over the place. Why don't you just layer it? You could do that, too. But... If you forget, <laughs> then you can just put the straw in there and then make sure you get the butter See, in the straw. I tell them to go back the and down. they dump half of it out and then give me the half so I can go put the butter and then they go back and put the rest on top. Okay, that's that's a pro move as well. You're squinting, Fiddy. Why are you squinting? So you put the straw in the popcorn. Yep. And then you apply the butter through the straw. If you feel like there's not enough or let's say that you were putting the butter on yourself and then you just didn't put enough. But you're not going to move the popcorn already off the top, right? And then try to lay it again because that just takes too long. Put a straw in the popcorn, go to the level in which you want more butter, and then make sure the butter goes through the straw, and you're good to go. And you don't have to move the popcorn. God, you're a genius. <laughs> Are you going to isolate Do you that? hold or it, do you or isolate? do you just put it in there and then let it go? Because you do run a chance of getting it all over your fingers and stuff. Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought. I'm trying to remember what I do. Yeah, if you it's been a while. It while it's under there. I mean, if you have enough popcorn, then I think it'll just stay upright on its own. And then you can put the butter on it. 
Gotcha. So we can experiment a little bit <laughs> more. So we have a lot of text rolling in on this. Uh, Bagel guy says Bojangle sweet tea. I'm not a sweet tea guy. Is that true? Wow. I know you guys I, get mad at me for that one. You, dude, you're from Claremont County. I know. Like it's like the sweet tea county of the state and you don't like sweet tea. It is true. It, you're you're not <laughs> wrong about that. It is very Uncatawba County like of me, but it is true I don't like sweet tea. I think McDonald's sweet tea is better than Bojangles. Like I like okay. both, but McDonald's sweet tea I mean, it was like crack in the 80s. Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> because you experienced that. <laughs> hey, I was a fan of a team that won a World Series while doped up on coke. That is true. Julie from Huntersville says Chick-fil-A biscuits are the best. I remember this led to an early take about KFC biscuits being highly underrated. Yep. And it's dry, and there's something that you appreciate about the dryness of their biscuits. They, they break apart a little bit. They're good. I like them, but they do break apart. Pretty easily. Chadillac says Texas Pete on Bojangles, mainly Bojangles, North Carolina, not mm. any of that Virginia or Tennessee trash. I like so the take actually it just transforms into Bojangles here in the state. But once you cross the imaginary lines, it doesn't hit the same anymore. Mm. But it's true though. Like the further south you go, you think that it gets better because it's a southern item. It's not true, man. It's not good in Georgia, and it sure so ain't good in Florida. I haven't tried Bojangles any other place. Oh, God, you sound like somebody from New York. About Ooh. pizza? When they say, oh, you're yeah, about to get the bad pizza say, take again. Yeah, I want people in pizza and hot dogs and bagels are different in New York. Well, that's just, I mean, it can get really offensive here. Same thing anywhere else. <laughs> I, I just don't trust a northerner's food palate. Like, bagels, not as good as biscuits. Hot dogs, not as good as hamburgers. And pasta not as good as fried as as as, as fried food. <laughs> Those are some wild comparisons. That's like night and day. I like pasta compared to fried. Is that a take well, that New Yorkers doing, like, have? The way that the way that they eat, like a lot of Northerners, Italians, they eat a lot of pasta. Flounder, I can attest. Mm-hmm. I've never gone to Flounder's house and had you know pork chops, rice, mashed potatoes, and green beans in a salad. I've I've had pasta in every form and fashion. Oh, Viva Chicken French fries. Ooh. 3.30 is correct. I've never gotten fries at Viva. You're missing out. You know we love Yuka. us some Viva. Yuka's good, too. Yeah. Viva has great rice, yeah. but their French fries, also very good. Those condiments are among the best condiments out there. I don't get any when I go there. Oh, man, you're you're missing out on I've some tried them. Stuff. No, I've tried them. They oh. just don't do anything for me. I just like the food as it comes. It is very good. Uh, I am getting put on a pedestal more than I ever have in my life <laughs> because people love the straw advice. Somebody said, where in the hell has this advice been my entire life? Delvis the Rock writes in, you are a damn genius, Walker. I'm going to do that popcorn thing. <laughs> do that popcorn thing. Do that. And then you can thank me later. Uh, later. All right, let's move on. Live wire. Time now for it with Fitty. So throughout the show, y'all have referenced some of the quotes that I wanted to play here in the live wire. And one of the things that Dave Canales and his staff have done, and I imagine this has been the hardest thing they've done so far since they became a coaching staff is rewatch the film of the 2023 Panthers. He talked about that process yesterday when he met with the media up at Indy. So that's kind of been the, the painstaking, slow, methodical approach to make sure that I know Carolina Panthers 2023. It took me about 
two and a half, three games to get emotionally involved in Panthers football to where I'm like, no, oh, we got to pick this up. Like, so I'm all in, you know, um, and, and actually, you know, I'm just now finishing up kind of watching those in detail. There's, there's cut ups, you know, there's self scout. I've been able to be in those meetings with the Jero and kind of learning our defense. And um, and that's been really fun, too, just as a clinic. You know, I just feel like a kid. I'm here. I'm learning all the ins and outs of a defense I've been trying to attack for a long time. And, and to see it done really well has been great. Um, but, yeah, so th- so I'm kind of learning that. Walker, if you had to guesstimate, because Dave Canales is not going to offer this kind of information up, when he gets done, with the entire 2023 film work, what's the over-under of the what the bleeps were you doing Frank Reich was hurled out loud? Because there has to be a lot of time, a lot of moments in time where he's watching Bryce Young and he, he's not recognizing what Frank Reich was trying to do with the rookie quarterback. If we go one a game in the first six or seven games, maybe two, three, four, so maybe we're talking about 24. And then in the second half, that stretch of Indianapolis and Chicago, there was a lot more there, so then you have to times it by three. Uh, a bajillion is what I just came up with. A bajillion <laughs> times. I'll take the over on that, and I hope Dave Canales fixes everything about it. Yeah, I think he definitely had his moments, man. But coaches, you know, they always understand each other and coaching and what they're trying to do. So uh, he's cerebral enough that he's going to watch plays and understand what the intent was and then see what happened to make the play not happen. So I think that he probably had some moments where he disagreed with the philosophy and what they wanted to do with Young. But I think he also understood the intent of a lot of things they were trying to do and why they did not work. All right, the second piece of sound that I wanted to play for you is him talking about he will remain committed to the running game because it's how you win in today's NFL. Never give up on the run game. So we saw we saw a lot of really frustrating games last year. We had some 68-yard rushing games, and we averaged about 76 yards for the first half of the season. And I just kind of shared in these settings, like, we're not going to stop running the ball. Now, within reason, we have to find a way to score points. So that was a challenge in and of itself. But you have to be able to run the ball to go where we want to go ultimately, which is number one, to win the division, win the South and then to win deep in the playoffs. And if you watch the teams that go far, it's the teams that can run because I promise you, the pass rush gets better every week you advance in the playoffs. And then you go to now we're down to eight and the pass rush just gets better in Detroit. And then if you make it to that final four, man, did you look at the four teams that were in the, the conference championships? You look at the pass rush, you better be able to run the ball. So it's something that I'm going to be stubborn about. It's something that I'm going to be committed to. It's how you create explosive plays in the play action, but then it's also how you're able to neutralize a really good offense on the other side. Wes, I think you, you like to you like what you hear that you're going to remain committed to the running game, but Dave Canales is a young head coach, and most of today's young head coaches are influenced by formulas and numbers, which we call analytics. Do you do you think that he has the makings to be a coach that's going to stay stubborn and, and run the football, or if they get behind 14 to three in the middle of the second quarter, we're going to turn this thing into air Panther and Bryce is going to get back to slinging it all over the field? Uh, no, I think that he will. I mean, when you look at the numbers last year, Tampa Bay was 23rd in rush attempts per game, but they were up three from the previous season. And then for context, two numbers can sometimes be a bit misleading because you hear 23rd and you're like, oh well, that sounds contrary to what he was saying, but. The then you go look at the team that right at the 10th spot, New Orleans, they ran the ball only five more times. Well, actually only three more times 
uh, than Tampa did, and they were 10th. New Orleans was 28.2. Tampa was 25.4. So I think Canales is going to stay uh, with the run. Bryce is still going to be a young quarterback. He's still going to be learning a new offense uh, in his first season under this regime. And I think a running back, you know, a lot of people would say that myth that got debunked about the tight end uh, being a quarterback's best friend. But a running back can also be a quarterback's best friend, especially considering uh, if you have that workhorse guy back there that you can depend on to pick up first downs and keep you ahead of the chains. I think that will help Bryce as much as anything. I mean, football, as much as it changes, it stays uh, very similar in a lot of ways, and you need to be able to run the ball to keep the defense honest. It's one of the first comments I'm not 100% thrilled about. I like having a strong running game, but I also want to be a strong running team if you're going to be stubborn about running the football. So many times it's, well, we need to establish the run so we can get ready for those big plays that are a result from teams stacking the box and looking to stop the run. But you have to be good at it. Carolina can be good at that, and we've had our success here in Carolina the past couple of years. This past season, they were better when Chuba, Hub- uh, Chuba Hubbard got the rock. They were better two years ago when Deontay Foreman and then Chuba Hubbard got the rock. But if they're not good at it, then I don't want to just continue to run it on like third and six. On second and ten, I don't want to run it, get four yards, and then beat third and six there. And this was this was the criticism that Dave Canales received being the OC in Tampa Bay. It was that, yeah, okay, that's great. You want to have a strong running game, but they weren't very efficient at it, right? They weren't very good at it. And you can blame the offensive line. You could also blame Rashad White, who is a much better pass catcher than he is a runner of the football, according to DAVOA, rushing yards over expected yards. Wasn't finishing great there compared to a lot of the other running backs in the NFL. So can Chuba be that guy? He finished in the positive in rushing yards over expected, which is nice. Not one of the top 10, but did finish in the positive, which is a good thing. So it's all about how much is this team constructed to run the football and then build off of your play action. That's what I'm interested in, but I'm glad you're going to run it. I just, I, I can see myself getting frustrated by sticking to it too much if it's not going anywhere. Speaking of Chuba... Walker, Dave did say yesterday he is going to be the starting running back. Chuba, 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 chatting everywhere. What? <laughs> when the season does start next year. So even though they paid Miles Sanders, Chuba is going to be RB1. So yesterday we played audio of Merrill Hodge, who has a, an opinion that he would not draft Drake May in the first round. I think he's a second round talent. Merrill Hodge will join us tomorrow at 1220 to talk about that and other NFL uh, draft stuff, but uh, Tim Hasselbeck, who called many of Drake May's games at the AC at the AC Network, said that uh, it's absurd to question his athleticism. I mean, there's really no other way for me to say it other than I think that's absurd. I think he is a remarkable athlete, and I and I've kind of talked about in terms of when you look at his size and athleticism and that combination, the rarefied air that I believe he will keep company with are guys like Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Like you don't in a in second overtime against Duke, you don't run a quarterback sweep with a guy that's a stiff athletically. Like you don't do that. Like you put the ball in your your best athlete's hand which is exactly what they did. And also this, in terms of inconsistencies, there's a change in coordinators between year one and year two. Wes, uh, you're one that loves to dabble in the anti-Drake May narrative whenever (laughs) it uh, tries to make its way in the, the regular season during college football. Or now that we're here in the draft season. And, well, when he called him remarkable, you kind of scoffed at that right there in that soundbite. 
You don't you don't see anything remarkable in Drake May's athleticism because I saw a couple of remarkable plays against Wake Forest. Hell no. He he's he's a he's a good athlete. When you see him run, he's no, like, oh, you know, he's no. nice. He can get you out of trouble. He can get himself out of trouble. But remarkable athlete, I think that's a little bit rich. Uh, you know, and I like any prospect. I like to go see the negatives on any prospect. There have been a lot of guys that I've been high on, and I like to see the negatives about them. And I like to think about it and really go in and say, okay, is this really true what do i think about this so i feel that way about kayla williams and other guys as well i like to check it out so it's not just drake uh i'm a believer in drake but i do find that some of the things that people are starting to say are things that i've said at times during his career uh i think that some of them are are valid uh and i know that these guys these are guys that have played the position and, and really know all the nuances and things of that nature and so uh, i can't wait to have Merrill on so we can dig more into this but no remarkable athlete I would not say that I mean when you talk remarkable athlete at that position I'm talking Mike Vick I'm talking uh, you know some of those guys who are just deadly back there as far as how bad they can hurt you Lamar Jackson that's a remarkable athlete at quarterback Drake May's a good athlete uh, you know I give him his credit there but not remarkable so this is what like it just gets so lost though man like when we talk about Drake May I like what adjective do you want? And then we get to pin down on what adjective is the most correct about Drake May's athleticism. Kurt Bankert saying he's not an extremely good athlete. He's not remarkable, but he is good. Drake May is a good athlete, period. Like, let's just keep it simple with the adjectives so we don't start focusing on things that are incorrect and just focus on semantics. Mm -hmm. Drake May is damn good, man. Like, he ran for 700 yards last year or two years ago. He ran for 500 because Chip Lindsey gave it to Hampton a lot more. And so that's the reason that the rushing yards were down. But we've seen Drake May's athleticism show up in winning moments time and time again where he's no slouch getting around on the opposite ends of tackles. And we've seen quarterbacks that are much less athletic than him where they're just strictly a pocket passer. Like Drake May, Drake May is big. No, he's not as fast as Jaden Daniels. I think you would still call Caleb Williams a better athlete than what Drake May is. But Drake May's not up here if he's strictly a pocket passer. He is a danger with his legs, as we saw time and time again at Carolina. And I think that's what Tim Hasselback is getting to. The fact that he has called a ton of ACC games as well, and I thought Tim Hasselback has been a great color analyst. We've talked about it even before. Like, I just don't want to get too lost in the sauce. Is he extremely good? Is he remarkable? Is he just okay? like yeah, he's he's good? But I don't want to get too crazy. No, he's not Michael Vick. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not one of these crazy fast quarterbacks that we've seen. Nobody's calling him Michael Vick, but he's a good athlete, and he can help you win because of his athleticism in the NFL. Is that it, Fitty? Yeah, I'm just kind of hurt. Why are you hurt? Is it because of Wes <laughs> trying to bring the man down that you like watching at Chapel Hill so often? It's not It's not Wes. Uh-oh. Granny Pat. Talk she, to us, Fiddy. What's going on? She agrees with Wes, even though she's a Carolina fan. And, you know, I thought Granny was in my corner out here trying to help me find love and no longer be a lonely loser. And here she is siding with the enemy. A man that exists 
to hate on those in the Carolina Blue. Oh, I'm hate. I said the man's a good athlete. Tell Tim Hasselbeck he needs to watch his words. We all in the media have to watch our words because we know how they can be construed. So when you say remarkable, then you better have some backup to say somebody's remarkable. If they're just good, say they're good. Uh, but he's been remarkable with his athleticism at times, though, right? I've yeah. never seen him play from him where I thought it was remarkable. Well, well, hold he on. Well, he I don't threw wanna... a touchdown left-handed while he was getting sacked at Pittsburgh. I remember you checking me on Kenny Pickett and then you saying Kenny Pickett was athletic. Yeah. And then and I was just saying, though, at the time that he's not a great athlete. Mm-hmm. And then you got mad at me for that. I did not say that Kenny Pickett was a great athlete. I don't recall that. I just remember you checking me. And I was like, he's not a great athlete. <laughs> yeah, and then I, you got mad at that. I probably said that he's more of an athlete than you give him credit for. That's probably why I was He's sneaky that athletic. Yeah, yeah, sneaky athletic. There you go. You practically <laughs> have to kick him out of the film room. <laughs> he's the first one in, last one out. That's the kind of athlete that Drake May is. And he doesn't have tiny hands. He doesn't have tiny hands. Yep. I think. I don't know. I haven't seen his hand measurement, but we'll see. That'll do it for the live wire. <laughs> Let's go to the Weston Walker walk-off. Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Are you challenging me to a walk-off? Oh yeah, that's a walk-off challenge, my friend. It's a walk-off. It's a walk-off. To start today's walk-off, I'm going to know the exact adjective you would use to describe Drake May's athleticism. If you get it wrong, then you will get destroyed. 704-570-9610. The exact adjective to describe Drake May's athleticism or lack thereof. We were also asking what hits different when it shouldn't hit different food-wise. Mike B. says Cholula hot sauce is his go-to, and that replaced his love for Texas Pete. I got to say, had the exact same experience as Mike B. on the text line. Mm. Texas P. used to be my favorite, still very good, but Cholula is my number one, and I go through it very quickly. Cholula is one of my favorites. Commander Malik was also giving us some popcorn advice, saying after you apply the butter to the popcorn, dump your Reese's Pieces pieces in the popcorn and then thank them later. Little mini M&M's, Reese's Pieces. I'm not pieces. tainting my popcorn. But you're that, putting it... That is God's popcorn. I would not taint it. And I, butter? I, I think God eats his popcorn with Reese's Pieces in it. Though. I don't think he does. <laughs> but with buttered, <laughs> but buttered popcorn with the Reese's... Like, if it's just straight popcorn, here's, I'm down. Here's what I'll tell you. I was a little reluctant to try that sort of thing before, before I actually did. And it hit different. Sweet and salty. Your taste buds love it. Give it a shot. That's all I'll say. Commander Malik is right on this one. Just give it a shot. I've never had this one. 704 says Gatorade out of a can. We never had canned Gatorade? I've had glass bottle Gatorade. That hits different. I've I've never had Gatorade out of a can before. Yeah, I've had Gatorade pretty much every single way that you could have it. (laughs) The powder is the worst. You can never get the consistency exactly like the bottles do. At least I wasn't able to. Never a fan of the powder Gatorade. I know it's cheaper, but there's a reason it's cheaper. Yeah, and it doesn't have all that sugar in it like the bottle Gatorade. That's true. That's true. You're so right about it. Wolfpack fan says McDonald's has the best Coke over Chick-fil-A. Final one for me, Big Cat Dan is telling us McDonald's high C orange hits different. All of their drinks hit different. It is if you look it up, there was an article written about their filtration system as to why their drinks come out how they do, and that's why they are different. All right, the the adjectives for Drake May's athleticism. We have efficient, 
David Concord says adorable. King of Marlon <laughs> Militia says trash. Matt from Dallas says go scratch yourself. Proficient. And then we're moving on. All right. Those are the text messages before. I think on. if he ran, he'd run a he'd probably run a mid four six. Which is solid. Sounds remarkable to me. Let's move on. <laughs> Leftover takes. What we got? Um, can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the things? So much of the conversation surrounding the Hornets is who is the real Charlotte Hornets? Who are they? Is it pre-trade deadline or is it post-trade deadline? And what I'm here to tell you is it's post-trade deadline. It's just we had them competing against some of the best teams after their 5-1 and one stretch, and that's not the case. And boy, was that point made last night when they got beat by 40 against Milwaukee. And Milwaukee should have had an even bigger margin of victory. It's a big deal that the Charlotte Hornets aren't going to get beat by 20 against teams that are actually in their neighborhood. That matters a lot. And so that's a big change. But we can't expect them to compete against teams like Milwaukee, even if Doc Rivers is trying to bring them down. So, no, they're not ready for Milwaukee. But the fact that they can beat Indiana, the fact that they can beat the Jazz and they can beat Atlanta, win by 20, by the way, against the Hawks, that matters. And so that's my leftover take. Uh, My leftover take is, you know, I'm a little worried uh, about Carolina's defense and who's going to be back next season because if this Brian Burns thing doesn't work out, and I'm really leery at this point of uh, Frankie Lugo, man, and uh, if he could be, you know, seduced by another team to come and be there, and especially for a contender that's going to offer him the same money or more than the Panthers will, I think that's going to be something very fascinating to watch as this process takes shape. You got a leftover take, Fitty? Or you want to move on and talk about what we're watching a little bit? Nope. No, nothing left over. I got it all out. It's okay. Mm. At least you hit the first time. Random question of the day. What do you want? What do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? Best prank you've ever pulled on someone. I had one that went terribly wrong when I did the rubber band around the spray nozzle on the sink. Thought mom was going to use the sink next. She didn't. I was indeed the one to use it, and I pulled a prank on myself. That was a prank that went horribly wrong for me as I was doused in water because of the spray nozzle that I rigged to do that. And mom laughed and pointed at me. I played myself. That was pretty sad. It's not the best one. It's actually the worst one, which answers this in the exact opposite way. But that's what comes to my mind when I talk about best prank ever pulled. Do you have one, Wes, that you pulled on someone? Yeah, it, it goes way back in the day, man. When we were living uh, in Savannah, Port Wentworth, to be exact. And... Uh, in a small house that we had at that time, it was by, it was very close to a uh, a hog pen that was one of my grandma's friends' uh, <laughs> hog pens. And so we decided to all play a joke on my mom and tell her when she came in that the hogs had gotten loose and come into the house and that the house was a wreck and all that stuff. And she bought it for a little bit and then we said, yeah, we're just playing around. That would make me angry. If all the hogs got out, I bet she was angry as hell when, yeah, she, when, yeah. when they were told. Yeah. What about you, Fiddy? You got a prank? Mine was an almost prank. And maybe, it was against me, wasn't and maybe it? Maybe you remember this. it. At your former radio stop, I had come to learn that you did not like running Charlotte night games. And uh, in an effort to, to get you here, I wanted, and, and, and I, had, Thank you. I had Walker, uh, or I had, I had Colin in on it. We were going to type up an entire thing saying that we were the new radio home of the nights and part of your duty as the as the new host was to run run all the run all the boards <laughs> run the boards for all the games but uh 
other stuff happened and we never got to pull the prank, but it's in mm. my back pocket. But you know, if it ever happens. All right. Well, you kind of told me about the prank, and so you're going to have to do a pretty good job for make, to make me fall for it now. So I don't know if you're going to be able to do it. But you fell for been your good. own prank. It can't be that hard. Would have been good. Would have been good. All right. That's true. It's a good point by you. Final one. What are we watching? All I want to know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? Speaking of what I'm watching tonight, the man that got turned on to the show just walked in. Did the new episodes drop last night or tonight? I think they're dropping tonight. Mm. You know what time it is. It's love is blind time. Yeah, man. Let's get it. I know you gotta wait. I know you gotta wait for the weekend. No, no, I don't. I'll I'll probably watch it. I'll either probably watch it tomorrow. All right. So what are we watching? I got Love is Blind up next. Kyle Bailey, the esteemed Kyle Bailey, host of the Kyle Bailey Show with Smoke Ludwig. So, you, you gonna be watching Love Is Blind tonight? Yeah, I think to avoid a, a marital sp- dispute, I'll probably have to. Um, but it's going, and I don't say that as someone who doesn't want to watch it. I'm still into it. But West got me on Snowfall yeah. last night. Did you start watching it? I can't stop watching it. Oh, really? How many episodes are you in? Uh, I think I'm on episode three. Yeah, KB's like my brother from another. Place. Yeah, we like all the same yeah. stuff. Yeah. We like all the same KB stuff. KB are two peas in a pod. Yeah, he, he turned me on to Snowfall last night. Yeah. Teach a man how to squabble. Teach a man how to squabble. <laughs> so, 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 so Wes came in and then broke up. You and your significant others. Uh, yeah. Love is blind date night. That's, oh. that's, that's what me and Wes do. We, yeah. yell, we, we see each other on the other end of the building and we just yell at each other. Teach a man how to squabble. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I had to watch it last time. My wife was like, what is this? And this looks interesting. And I was yeah. like, Wes told me to watch it. And then finally she was like, oh, this is good. This is good. I like That's it. It's good, so, man. She, I, I think the violence, you know, like you said, not her thing. Yeah. I love it. I'm yeah. obsessed with it. It's <laughs> a great got, show. You got anything, Fitty, that you're going to be watching tonight? Uh, Yeah, the Rivals Reunited uh, show on ACC Network where Coach K and Roy Woods are going to have a sit-down yeah, conversation. Yeah, that should be pretty good. Oh, Wes Durham is uh, moderating that, right? That's right. Yeah. What would you call it, Fitty? What was what you call it? But you got to clean it up, though. You got to clean it up. Do what? Why, why did you make that? What was the reaction about Wes? Uh, we, li- we like Wes, so I don't know if we want to hear why Fitty was talking <laughs> about Wes is my it. boy. What's wrong with Wes? Well, just clean it up a little bit. Just clean up what you told me this show was. I didn't even know what he said. <laughs> uh, it was uh, The Goat, and uh, oh. let's just say it rhymes yeah. with... <laughs> All right, we'll leave it right there. With what? <laughs> <laughs> with, it rhymes with which? Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about <laughs> it all even Clever. I don't even know if it's, it doesn't even sound clever. Well, I mean, like, look, Roy Williams to me is my goat. And you look at historically, his program outperformed Coach K's. All right. All right. Why are they nah, they're putting it in the chat. They got the thing in there to teach a man how to squabble. For real? Yeah, they're putting it in the chat. Yeah. We got two two Jeromes put in there. Where? Somebody put it in the chat. 910 number did it, and a 704 oh, and a number line? put it in it. Yeah, on the text oh, line. Oh, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> Teach a man how to squabble. Right, that could be the new motto here in Snowfall. <laughs> Apparently, people love it, and Kyle Bailey's now on board with Love is Blind and Snowfall. That'll do it for Weston Walker. It's the Kyle Bailey Show coming up next. Of course, alongside Smoke Ludwig, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.